0: Welcome to The Entertainment Entrepreneur, the podcast for actors, writers, producers, and really anyone working in the entertainment industry with a passion for entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Monica Hammond, a serial entrepreneur in the entertainment industry. Join me as I sit down with Broadway stars, Hollywood favorites, and industry change makers to chat about their own journeys launching, running, pivoting, and scaling their businesses. I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hi, my name is Andrea Kaler and I am the Founder and Chief Coloring Officer at Coloring Broadway. I also am a co-founder at the Broadway Makers Alliance and I also, (laughs) because I can't do, you know, just one thing, um, I'm also a co-founder of the Broadway Makers Marketplace.
0: Oh, amazing. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome, welcome. Um, I will say I first I first found you because I actually you might not know this about me, but I have a custom coloring book business.
1: And Mm. yeah. So obviously we need to talk.
0: (laughs) We totally do, yeah. And I, um, I've i seen your coloring Broadway all over the place, and you have like such an incredible social following. And I was like, I need to get this woman on this podcast. So I'm excited to talk.
1: Oh, I'm so excited.
0: I, I will say, I was just, you know, I was obviously reading a little bit more about you and getting to know your background. And you have, I mean, just such a wealth of, it seems like, business and leadership coaching um background is that correct
1: Mm -hmm. so many many people know me from i'm that coloring lady in the broadway space um what they don't know about me is that my unicorn day job is doing leadership development and has been for a very long time and that's actually what brought me to coloring broadway was the opportunity to blend some of those leadership lessons and self-reflections that i see happening when you watch a show with a medium like coloring that allows you to have some digital downtime and maybe spend some time in that self-reflection resple- space.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm totally with you on the power of coloring.
1: <laughs> Obviously, since you're um, a started...
0: <laughs> business. <laughs> exactly. I know. I was like, I don't know if she knows this about me. Um, yeah. So I started my coloring book business back in 2015. Um, is that the same time that you started yours that yep. I see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right when like everything started going right. crazy, right?
1: <laughs> yes, right when good old jo- Johanna Basford came out with that wonderful, magical, really, really, really hard to color, um, super intricate uh, um, coloring book. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so talk to me. I, I love to hear these origin stories and, and how you're this specific business out of all the things you do. How did this really come about? Where did the idea come from? Um, talk to me.
1: Well, as you said, like in 2015, when coloring books were kind of taking over the world, my origin story is that I never considered myself, myself somebody who could art visually, right? Like I just don't art mm-hmm. that way. That's not my, I don't, I don't do a thing. I can't, I can't draw. I can't Whatever. I am a dancer by like trade and fun. So that was my artistic expression, but not a visual on a, in a visual medium. And so here out came coloring as something that was sweeping everywhere. And I was like, okay, I'll sit down. And I just found myself over two weeks having such a pleasurable experience of sitting down, coloring, creating actually something. And I got to see the final product. And it was, this really satisfying experience. And then my instructional design brain got going because part of my background is also facilitation, instructional design, creating training programs. And I was like, ooh. And then I got nerdy and went into the brain science part of it because creating a flow state, creating that opportunity for people to calm their brains and get access to other thoughts where when we calm that part of our brain, that's always thinking about next Tuesday's lunch, when we calm that down and we're able to actually get into, huh, what do I, what do I really want to do? So there was that going on. There was the kinesthetic, um, uh, creative and, um, logical brain stuff going on. Like there's just like all of the nerdy brain science behind it. So when I found that and I was like, okay, fine. i've I've got to do something with it and i was like let's take it and blend mindfulness and coloring but most of the coloring books out there that called themselves mindful coloring books were just a phrase in a coloring page there was no work (laughs) around it there was no prompt there was no anything that for me actually makes it mindful and so i um created a coloring book called the power of positive Coloring with 45 illustrations and mindfulness activities that go with each of them. And so that was where I started. And then the illustrator that I was working with, because I don't, again, I didn't didn't illustrate (laughs) that point, Um, but the illustrator I was working with, she also liked Broadway. Hamilton was super popular at the time. We had a conversation that went a little bit like, hey, what would happen if we put some Hamilton phrases that are inspirational? and did some mindfulness activities around that and i was like yes coloring broadway was, was born we were like we need an offshoot of its its own thing cuz it's an, a a little bit more niche than the broad coloring world and that's really where it where it took off we created that i colored it i put it on instagram on a new um on a new instagram account and in may of 2016 i think it must have been 2016 hamilton shared it Cause we started getting a whole bunch of orders on our little, our little Etsy account that could. Right. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck is this? What, why are there? And then somebody was like, Hey, Hamilton shared you. I was like, what? So that was kind of the, so I guess this is happening moment. And we haven't looked back. We have 40 some odd collections now from different shows and all sorts of things. All sorts wow. Of
0: well, thank you, Hamilton.
1: <laughs> yes, thank um, you, <laughs> Made it a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, so you said that you started out not illustrating. Have you done any of the illustrating since you originated?
1: I have done some illustrating, but I still use an illustrator for our Coloring Broadway illustrations. Um, and that actually maps to one of your, um, one of the things we kind of mentioned earlier about scaling. Because I don't have time (laughs) to illustrate because it is not my forte. It's not my area of expertise in terms of building Coloring Broadway and continuing to do the businessy parts of things that are necessary to keep it going. I refer to myself as the art director. So I work with Mm. our illustrator who hasn't necessarily seen all of the theater that I have. because who sees that much theater nobody well or <laughs> the people that i hang out with but nobody else um and so i collect images i i sketch out things now which i'm much more comfortable with i'm like no put this here here's the thing you know like i'll give her photos of like here's what i really want and then she takes that and and puts it into a coloring page and we have usually at at least one or two iterations back and forth but Other than that, it works Mm -hmm. really well. So yeah, that was my kind of had that imposter syndrome part of like, I'm creating coloring books, but I don't illustrate how, is that okay? Um, And I really had to have my like, sit down No, I'm like, it's my concept. It's what I do. And I, I am the art director. Add that to my list of credits.
0: (laughs) Heck yeah. That's so interesting because I came at it from the opposite sort of end of this. I started by like doodling mm. and I was like oh this looks like a coloring page I started an Etsy shop much like you mm-hmm. and now I've grown grown to the point like you were saying we're like I just I don't have time to sit and illustrate all these pages so I have at this point I have like a team of illustrators that I work with so <laughs> that's so funny it's the exact opposite well
1: I'm looking forward <laughs> to talking to you maybe offline a little bit about uh our I collect- know is-
0: <laughs> definitely definitely um cool so Talk to me a little bit about how you've scaled this. It obviously sounds like social media certainly helped you grow and build a presence. Is there anything else that you've done that you feel like has really contributed to um, how far you've come?
1: Um, I think education around businessy things. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, and I, I'll use really vague language, but um, <laughs> when Jen and, and the Broadway Makers Alliance group of us met at Broadway Con for plus years ago, almost five years ago now, um, we realized that we were all doing very similar things and we were recreating the wheel. And so for me, what I've done that's helped me scale is find a community and a network of people who, are, who can give me feedback or help guide me to the questions or the answers to the questions that I'm asking because we are all having those questions. It's not... Um, floundering around on google like it's nice to say oh you can just google that but i like to like counter any phrase that starts with you can just with like the big x of you can just is never an easy thing so it's really Mm -hmm. nice to have surrounded myself with that group that being said i do have another group a couple of um business groups that i have connected with that also give me additional uh input and information on where I need to go next. Um, there's been lots of, all of the ups and downs, right? Like, and and daily, hourly, minutely, if that's a word it is now, because I said it, um, but it really is just being in that constant learning cycle.
0: Absolutely. What have you found have been some of the biggest challenges that have faced you in growing this company or running it on a day-to-day basis
1: even? So I feel like that is like a multifaceted answer. I would say my, the first thing that came to mind is mental health, because the challenge of starting a business when like for you, you were, in, you were dabbling in illustrating and now all of a sudden you're writing a business, I work in corporate training. I never intended to start a business. I had no idea what I was doing and all of the tax and admin and other things that go along with it. Like the business end of, running a business is a beast, right? And nobody, nobody teaches you that stuff. They teach you, oh, you have this artistic thing, you should do a business, you should just, right, that dangerous phrase. Um, So mental health wise, like being in that space of constantly not knowing what you're doing takes a toll. So that really was one of the bigger, bigger challenges is like finding ways to combat that the stuff that came up when you're like, I don't know how to do this. How do I do that? Um, Money is also a challenge. Getting it, finding it, getting people to buy your product. Um, Another big challenge was not knowing what scale really meant, right? Mm. Um, Because when when business people who've been in business for a while talk about scale, They talk about something different than somebody who comes from like, hey, I created this little thing and I have a mindset around what I think it should cost. Right. Like so there's there was a there was quite a big learning curve in shifting my mindset from like, oh, I am I'm a maker, I'm an artist and, you know, maybe I can make this much more than you know, what my cost of goods is, right? Like, what mm-hmm. it cost me to make it, oh, I can do it this way. And then having to shift the brain around, you no, know, like here's what that looks like in a bigger business picture. That was, there was so many, so many fun challenges. But yeah, I think those kind of cover the main ones.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting about pricing. I find that, cause I do a lot of uh, consulting, business consulting as well. And I find that people often don't charge enough. And that kind of goes back to what you're talking about with imposter syndrome. You just feel like, okay, especially if it's if, if it's almost like a level up from a hobby at first, you're like, "Oh, I'm just happy to make anything." Like I was thrilled to make 5 bucks on my coloring books at the beginning, you know. And now it's like, this is a business and you have to pay me at least $1,000. You know, it's like you start to scale. Well, I mean, there. and you
1: start to say things like you have to pay me at least $1,000. And then people who are in that sort of beginner entre- art entrepreneur mindset, they're like, oh my God, that's so much. Or, oh my God, she's so full of herself charging that much, right? Like there's <laughs> there's shame right. both ways that goes with that. And then there's mm-hmm. and there's just not knowing what that is. Right. Uh, what I would compare it to is when I was working in the training world, in iterations of me past. And I had to go from teaching within a company to doing consulting. And I was like, I I, I can't charge that much per day for my services because that's like a lot. And I'm like, oh, but the corporate training rate is this. They charge $1,500 per person per day. I can absolutely charge that even though if in my brain, it still doesn't make sense. So
0: absolutely. Yeah. We're always worth more than we think.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think that there's a fear of what happens if I charge what it's worth and nobody buys Mm -hmm. it. Right. And so there is that tenuous sort of space like that comes into that pricing. Like I have sets of coloring pages that are selling for X and you know, we sell on Amazon and I get lots of comments of like, for coloring pages blah 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 right like and you have to deal with like what people's perceptions are and there is that threshold of like balancing perceived value with um with quality and what you're offering but at the same time like stepping into that oh i can charge 15 dollars for a pin not 750 right right and it's okay for me to make that money because it's my business Right, right,
0: right. It's not a charity. (laughs) Um, And I found in growing my coloring book business specifically, I had started out like, again, like on the Etsy pages, my products were $10, right? Uh And then I got found by Martha Stewart Weddings, and I started doing wedding custom coloring books. And then that leveled me up a little bit more because you could justify Mm -hmm. a higher cost. And then I realized those actually weren't my, my quote, unquote, best clients. My corporate clients were like the Ikeas or their Googles. And then that's when you start, at least for me, that's how I've been able to scale that business. Yeah,
1: So, absolutely.
0: Um, Cool. Well, talk to me. I would love to know a little bit more. It sounds like you have several different businesses or organizations that you work with. Maybe even do you also, do you have like a quote unquote day job that's in this corporate trainings world? Yeah. Talk to me about, A, all the different things you do and how the heck you balance all this
1: um i don't know if balance is the right word (laughs) um and uh, going back to that mental that mental health thing like is really sitting with like what what is important and what we need to focus on but so the four i would say the four areas of of my of my businessy focus is one coloring Broadway, obviously as its own business. Um, the Broadway makers Alliance, which is a group of about 65 entrepreneurs in the Broadway space, um, that has a lovely little Facebook group. And we do, we provide, um, monthly training and other kind of things. It's not super formal, but it, but it it does take time and intention. And then recently we came together with some other um, founders and founded the Broadway Makers Marketplace, which was which started off as a pop up in the Turnstile Underground Market at Columbus Circle, like a physical location. And it is a theater or a, it is a theater shop made by fans for fans so it is we have 35 of mostly broadway makers alliance members in there um selling their wares from everywhere from blankets and dolls to coloring pages and stickers and pins all inspired by broadway but created by fans and i love that like my favorite part is watching the people pop into the shop for the first time. And they're like, wait, what is this? Is this a show? This the shop that I never knew that I had to have. Right. Like (laughs) they stay for hours looking at like all of the different things and it just, it's been such a great connection. So that's, those are the three businesses, like entrepreneurial ventures. Um, and then I do work at one of those global multinational companies doing leadership development. So in my in my corporate, um, what I like to call unicorn day job, I get paid to <laughs> watch TED Talks and write training to help shift behaviors, like to create behavior shifts for, for leaders. So teach them how to... Wow incorporate um, leadership behaviors and for me i also like combat the fact that it's leading at every level and these are leadership skills are actually human skills that we all need Mm. and they relate to my entrepreneurial businesses they relate to my personal um, interactions and my personal relationships as well as my business relationships so yeah so that's that. that
0: You are multifaceted. <laughs> I feel like we actually have a lot in common. I have three businesses myself, and I just left the day job world to be a full time entrepreneur. But we should definitely connect after this. So sure. I <laughs> I
1: left my full time job in 2015 to do to to create space, and and that was where Coloring Broadway emerged. And I said I'm not going back to the corporate space unless I can go back into leadership. Mm. And that was in in two years ago in coming up in April, a friend of mine from a previous job had reached out and she's like, Hey, what are you up to? I got this leadership position. I was like, okay,
0: Ooh. if <laughs> I have to. So,
1: That's awesome. but I'm doing, it's, it's intentional for me because I see the connection between the transformational power of theater and people's mm-hmm. interactions with it. And my ultimate goal is to work on, products and tools for people to take the language that they're already using, which is Broadway, and start doing some self-reflection and self-discovery. So it's bringing those leadership behaviors and values and all of that to people through theater. I love that. So the day job is for practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it also sounds like you're really passionate about that. So it's not just a a day job, day job.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, leadership for me is the way we, the, we can't grow if we don't know, right? Like mm. we can't, if we don't do any self-reflection, we can't actually show up intentionally to a situation. We show up from our habits and our patterns and things that are just kind of running automatically in the background. So if we don't do some of that work, we don't grow as a personal human, a professional human, or as humanity in general. And that's why theater and the whole industry, I mean, yes, it's fun. Yes, we got to go see Hugh Jackman and Seton Foster dance on stage. Yay. But we also got to think about like who those characters were, why that was important, maybe connect with them, make some sort of observation about ourselves, you know, so those are that's
0: that's my bigger picture. I love that. How would you say you define success as an entrepreneur?
1: getting up every day and still wanting to do it.
0: (laughs) Ooh, I love that.
1: Because realistically, it is a crapshoot all the time. I am always learning something new. There's always a new algorithm to learn about, like how to, you know, deal with this or with that, or like a new supply chain issue or a new, hey, this, like there are always things that are going on. And if I still want to do those in order to accomplish my, accomplish the point of the business then I'm winning it's it's not a monetary um, win it's a it's a motivational win
0: I love that the passion behind it so knowing what you know now after having been in business for several years is there anything that you would go back and do differently if you could start over again yes always Systems, right
1: <laughs> and processes and processes. Oh, did I say systems and processes and bookkeepers? Oh my gosh.
0: Yes. I just got one of those this year.
1: (laughs) My, por favor. I am still working on it. It's still something that's an ongoing sort sorted out for me. Um, But had I, I think the challenge at the beginning is you're trying to do so much with so little and you're trying to do it all yourself that it's really hard to make the call to outsource something. But if there's one thing that I can tell young, and by young, I don't mean age wise young, but like new entrepreneurs, bookkeeper accountants, don't try and don't try and learn that for yourself. It's not where your time is best spent. And it will set you up to make things so much easier.
0: That's like some of the best advice I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe how much of this I did by myself, and I'm sure like probably not that well.
1: (laughs) Oh, I know I didn't do it well, right? I know like, whoo, so many things to learn from.
0: Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about anything that you're working on right now that you're excited about.
1: So it's kind of funny because there's all things in businesses like we have exist at the same time, right? Because we it's only us who get to tell ourselves what we're doing next. Right. And I think one of those challenges is choosing or picking what you work on and what you focus on. And so right now there are two things um, that we're focused on. One is systems and processes because um, the pandemic has had us grow a bunch, but it's also with that growth comes the need for like, how do we do this more efficiently? How do we not have 15 folders in five different places that are (laughs) that all contain the same information? And really, when we go to look for the thing, it needs to be in the place where we know it's going to be right. I don't need to spend 20 minutes going, wait, where did I put that file? Right. So when I say systems and processes, um, it's just an ongoing thing. So that's what we're working on behind the scenes. But what we'll, what everybody else will get to see is we're really ta- working on, and this is where I think we will be in contact to talk about this, is I'm working on taking things that we have put in collections into a bigger coloring book. And I wanna do the same thing that I did with um, with the power of positive coloring is have that mindfulness component back to it. Because with building a business oftentimes you the idea is is the nugget that starts it but then the need to sell the product takes over and then it's time to i in training it's called butts and seats um <laughs> in product business it's it's like buy my product um yeah <laughs> please, please buy my product um but so the push for that be, becomes almost like it can take control of not actually doing the thing that you wanted so i've been mm. it's been pullback time so that the next things that we release come with that mindfulness component, come with that sort of like lessons learned or, or deeper bit. So that's, you know, some, some coloring books. And we will probably start with Hamilton because it's the Hamilton. Because Hamilton. (laughs) Hamilton, And I mean this, this actually, (laughs) like, if you think about it, it it blends that thing because it's what I want to do. It's what I, it's my vision for my product, but it's choosing the thing that has the most sticking power, right? Mm, mm -hmm. People will purchase Hamilton period without thinking about it versus, you know, like I personally love Be More Chill, but I'm not gonna get as many sales with Be More Chill as I would get with Hamilton. So the Hamilton sales will enable the Be More Chill coloring, you know, mindfulness stuff. So, oh, those fun trade-offs. (laughs)
0: I so hear you well this has been amazing talk to me about how if any of my
1: listeners want to find you online where can they best find you so you can find me at coloring broadway on instagram on the twitters it's at coloring b way but we don't tweet um so don't really look us up there um so facebook instagram and tiktok is at coloring broadway you can always find us at coloringbroadway.com and we tried to make it easy
0: Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I can't wait to chat after this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> lovely. It's so lovely to have met you and to just hear somebody else as excited about talking about the business of entrepreneurship behind the artist idea, right?. Idea. Thanks, Monica. Thanks
0: for listening to this conversation. This podcast is produced by Mary Dina and supported by Abby Martin. If you'd like to hear more from entrepreneurs in the entertainment space, download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so more entrepreneurs like you can find these conversations. And if you're in the entertainment industry, follow me all year long on Instagram and Facebook at Big Leap Brands. Until next time.